Hello, I'm Derek Walker, the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. A very warm welcome to all our Church Without Walls viewers. And uh, it's my pleasure to share the Word of God with you today. Uh, in my church, I've been sharing a series on being a disciple of Jesus. And in fact, the very first Christians were not called Christians, they were called disciples. And uh, what does it mean to be a disciple? What is the Christian life all about? And I want to share uh, along these lines today. And, and the big thought I want to give to you is that being a disciple, the essence of discipleship, the essence of the Christian life, is to do with our relationship with God, our love relationship with God, rather than following a list of rules and keeping certain disciplines. And, and so we, we must always remember that a disciple is a follower of Jesus Christ. The whole spirit of being a Christian is to follow Jesus. In other words, to stick to him like glue, to be as close as possible to Jesus, because we know that he is our life. He is the source of life, and he is the one we want to be close to, because he is the one who can change us. He's the one that can set us free. He's the one that really knows what our life is meant to be. And as we follow him, we, we come into that reality that he has for us. And he is the one who can, who can, as I say, transform us into better and better people. The closer we get to Jesus, the more he changes us to be like him. And, uh, but it's interesting that the word disciple is connected to the word discipline. So there is an aspect of discipline in the Christian life. And I want to kind of share about how, how this all works out. There are Christian disciplines that are our important part of being a disciple of Jesus. Like, for instance, reading the Bible every day, um, having a devotional time with God in praise and prayer, confessing your sins to God, being faithful, you know, uh, in, in church, and finding ways to serve God and other people. And, and these disciplines are good. They are necessary as part of being a disciple of Jesus. But we don't do them for their own sake. Because actually being a disciple is really wanting to be close to Jesus because we love him. You know, people, if you love someone, you want to be close with, to them. You want to spend time with them. You want to be in close fellowship. So the whole point of all the disciplines like reading the Bible, praying and so on, is in order to follow Jesus consistently, to stay close to him because we love him. We want to serve him. We want to glorify him. And if we aren't disciplined in that way, if we don't put him first, then we won't, we won't be very consistent about that. And so if we don't practice things like reading our Bible and praying and so forth, uh, we will find ourselves becoming more and more distant from him. Um, you know, there's a good saying I've come across recently, which is, whatever you have to do to be closer to God, do it. All right, That's the, that should be the priority of our life. If we're a disciple of Jesus Christ, the, the, aim of, the whole aim is to be as close as possible to him in, in our hearts. 
and and the and the disciplines of the Christian life are in order that we might stay close to Him and get closer and closer to Him. I, I remember, you know, the people, the first disciples, they amazed the people around them because they thought these these guys are just fishermen, but even their enemies said these people have been with Jesus because they were just with Jesus. They are shining. They are different, and so if we are followers of Jesus it it's not primarily about how how many boxes we tick in terms of oh well I've read my Bible for half an hour today and all that that is great but that's all for a purpose of being close to Jesus I love John 12 26 Jesus said if anyone serves me let him follow me he says if you want to serve me if you want to be on my team you've got to follow me your heart's got to be close to me. And he says, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. You can't serve God from a distance. Your heart's got to be close to him. And then he says, if anyone serves me, him my father will honor. So if you will follow him, if you will put him first, if you will love him, then God will honor you in your life. And so a disciple is a disciplined one. And the purpose of the disciplines is so that we might stay close to Christ. Because if we just follow our flesh, as it were, do what we feel like doing all the time, then we will go away from Christ. So the disciplines of the Christian life are not ends in themselves, but they're an expression of our devotion to Christ. And think about it. What can you give your Creator? What can you give the creator of all things that he hasn't got already? You know, God has everything. What can you give him? But the amazing thing is, there is something that's in your power that you can give him or you can not give him that is so valuable to him that it makes him happy. It thrills his heart. And the only possible answer is what you can uniquely give him is your heart. That's what he's interested in most of all, is to have your heart, to have your love. In fact, Hebrews 12 says that's why Jesus died for us. That's what enabled him, that's what motivated him to go through with the cross for us, was the joy of having our love, our heart. That's what made it worthwhile for him. Let's go to Hebrews 12. He says, therefore, we also... Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. Uh, and so he says, don't we need to get a, when we're trying to do it ourselves, we are weighed down with anxieties and cares. That's a sign that we're trying to do this thing ourselves. So he says, get rid of those weights. Imagine yourself, you're a runner in the Olympic Stadium and all the, all the crowd of people are cheering you on. And he says, you've got to throw off that weight. Otherwise, you can't run that race. You've got to throw that off and trust in, in God to help you. And the sin that so easily ensnares us, God will set you free from that. If you truly get close to him, he will set you free from that. And then he says, run, run with endurance, the race that is set before us. Run with discipline, 
run with focus like an athlete. He says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's encouraging. He says what Jesus has actually started you on your spiritual journey. He's the author, but he's also the finisher. He will bring you to perfection if, as you trust him. But he needs you to run your race with all your heart, with discipline. And that, but he, now here's the key verse. For who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. What caused him to be willing to endure the cross and despise the shame, which means counted as nothing, through all his agony? What was it? He, it says, for the joy set before him. What was the joy set before him? It was, it was you. It was having your love. It was winning your heart. That was the joy set before him. All those who would who would receive him and give their love to him. And so that's what he paid the, such a price for, is to have your soul, to have your heart. And so will you not give him all your heart today? Will you not follow him? And, and how do you follow him? In, in, give him your heart. Pursue him with a passion. That's what it is to be a disciple. And it says he sat down at the right hand of God. He reached his destination. And if you follow him, he will make sure that you reach your destination. He's the author and he's the finisher of your faith. And, and this is the solution to a riddle in Isaiah 53, you know, Isaiah 55 rather. Isaiah 53 talks about how Jesus died on the cross and he purchased our salvation. And so that it's all free. His healing and blessing and life is all free. But now the invitation comes in Isaiah 55, verse 1. It says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Now here's the, the paradox. He says, you don't need any money. What God is offering you is the water of life, is, is joy, is love, is grace, power, wisdom, everything that has been purchased by Jesus. So you can't buy it. You don't need any money because what can you give God in terms of money? Um, no, it's free. It's grace. But he says, come, you've got to come to the Lord and buy, buy. And eat. So there's this all this spiritual food and all this spiritual drink. It's free, but he says you've got to buy it. Now what's going on here? You've got to come to God and you've got to give him something. You've got to buy it. But yet at the same time it's free. And then he says it again. Yes, come, buy wine and milk. It sounds like you've got you've got to purchase it. But I thought it was free. Yes, because he goes on and says, without money and without price. In other words, this is free, but you have to buy it. And then he says in verse 2, Isaiah 55, verse 2, Why do you spend money for what is not real bread, and your wages for what does not satisfy? In other words, he says, what God will give you will satisfy your heart. Listen carefully to me. Now, here, what he's saying is, you've got to give. What, what, what do we give? If we don't give money, we can't give anything like that. But what we can give is our heart. When you, you To receive from God, you have to give him your heart. You have to surrender your heart to him. Because your heart is, is that which receives from God. 
you believe and you receive in your heart. Now, if your heart is closed to God, you, you can't receive. It's like coming to God, as it were, with a bucket, but the lid is, is on the top of it. So you're coming to God to receive, but because your heart is closed to God, you can't receive. You've got to take the lid off. You've got to open your heart. You've got to give him your heart. Then he can pour it all into your heart. He says it another way here. He says, listen carefully to me. So when you give him your ears, you're, you're giving him the receivers of your heart. You see, you've, you open your heart by opening your ear to his word. What are you doing? You're, you're submitting your heart to him. You're opening your ears to him. He says, listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight in its, itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me here and your soul will live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. And so what God is saying here is, that we need to constantly be coming to him, opening our heart to him. When we come to read the Bible, in every day, we are saying, God, here I am. Speak to me. I open my heart to you. I want you to speak to me. I open my ears to you. I give attention to what you've got to say to me. Come with an open heart. Don't do it as a, as a legalistic duty. Well, I've got to read my Bible for 10 minutes, you know. Uh, and, and think, well, then I've ticked that box. No, that's not what it's about. It's about the fact that you're pursuing God. You want to know God. You want to be as close as possible to him. So you come to him with an open heart and you say, Holy Spirit, speak to me through your word. I open my ear to you. I open my heart to you. And then he promises that everything that's purchased by Jesus, he will freely pour into your heart. Your heart is so precious to Jesus that he endured every, all the suffering of the cross. And, and that's why he's thrilled when you come to him every day, when you have a devotional time with him. And especially when you're not hiding your heart away and you're doing religious exercises, but you're not opening your heart to him, then it has little value. These disciplines are not things for their own sake remember that what they are there for is ways in which you bring your bring yourself to god you come to christ with an open heart and you say lord let's have some time together right now and i please impart your grace into into my heart right now i surrender my heart to you today at the start of the day and and lord fill me with your life fill me with your spirit and he can he can pour himself into you but only to the degree that your heart is open to him that your ear is open to him say holy spirit speak to me today show me bring me closer to jesus today and if you will give him your heart day by day then you will get closer and closer and closer to him. And most important of all, you will bless him. You will bless him. He will thrill his heart. Amen.